How do we look at the revelation of God's light, of his wisdom in the world? How do we relate to it personally? What does it feel like? How can we express it or learn about it from others? The Torah is the great repository and record of our connection with the divine. Its very words are vessels which hold within the divine revelation as it was, as it is, and as it will be. Its essence is one with the divine. It is both the garments for the divine and is one with the divine who is clothed within it. There is divine revelation in every word of our prayers and blessings, whose words come from the language of the Tanakh. The words are directly related to their spiritual roots, providing vessels for the light of God. Studying the words of the Torah brings us into contact with this divine revelation. How does the Torah express this divinity? In a remarkable essay entitled The Essence of the Kabbalah, Torah to Kabbalah Mahuta, the great Kabbalist Rabbi Yehudalev Ashlag considers this very question. When we consider God's purpose in creation, we can see that the most important element in the incredible and varied creation before us is the sense that is possessed by the higher animals that they can feel their own reality. Undoubtedly, the most advanced aspect of this sense is the intelligence that only the human being possesses. Through his intelligence, he can not only feel and sense his own reality, but unlike the other animals, he can also feel all that his fellow feels. He can empathize with his pains and share his joys. And thus we see that man is the ultimate bearer of the purpose of the creation. Man represents the pinnacle of creation, the one in whom the purpose of creation may be fulfilled. God's purpose in creation, in giving all goodness to his created beings, is fulfilled when man will ascend to the most high and spiritual level, wherein he is able to sense God in the same way that he can feel his humanity. Just as he is able to feel the desires of his fellow, so he will be able to have intelligent understanding of the ways of God. Indeed, it is spoken of Moses our teacher, and God spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his neighbour. Every person can attain the statue of Moses without any doubt at all. Everyone who meditates on the development of the creation as laid out before us will understand and clarify for himself the great joy the Creator has in his work that gradually develops until its pinnacle, man, will obtain this wondrous feeling that he can talk with and deal with his God in just the same way that he speaks to his fellow human being. How does this revelation appear to us? How is it felt and how is it described? Rabbi Ashlag writes that when we receive spiritual light, it feels like the sudden illumination or enlightenment that we receive when we suddenly experience a release of doubts. An abundance of joy and light flood the body from its top to its toe. 
This is what an attainment of spiritual light feels like. It includes all of us. It is the whole of our being involved. Torah is God's light, caught in vessels for his light. The light in Torah is the essence of God. The vessels are the garments for this light. So the Torah is a revelation of God's light. It is not the only way that God's light is revealed to us, but aside from being in itself a revelation of God's light, it also shows us the way for us to transform our vessels so that we may also receive the wondrous light of the divine. The Torah is both a way and a destination. If we look at the Sefer Torah, we can understand that the white parchment is the light, the wisdom of God. But if it were not for the Hebrew letters, we would not know what this wisdom is saying to us. For there is a general rule that no light can be attained without its appropriate vessel. We have the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet, which in their varying arrangements of words and sentences make up the vessels for the divine light. When describing the revelation of God in the Torah, the sages use four languages. These are 1. The language of the Tanakh, the Hebrew Bible. 2. The language of the Halakha, that is the language used in the Talmud in dealing with the practical performance of the commandments, which then developed into the Codex of Law culminating in the Shulchan Aruch. And this provided the basis of Halakha on which all later development of Halakha rests. The language of Halakha is very close to that of the Tanakh. Then we have the language of the Agadah. This is the language of the tales and the stories that are to be found in the Talmud, the Midrash and other collections. This language is completely estranged from the language of the Tanakh in that it does not take reality into consideration at all. It uses strange names and appellations, and it doesn't deal with structures in terms of root and branch, which is their relationship between the worlds. And finally, we have the language of the Sfirot and the spiritual entities, the Pautzufim. This language was hidden by the early sages, the masters of the divine wisdom, so that those who were of coarse makeup would not have access to it, in their opinion, wisdom and ethics go together. Therefore, the former sages hid the wisdom in the written word of these four languages using the shapes of the letters from which are born the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. If we take a closer look at each of these four languages in turn, we can see the language of the Tanakh. This is the principal and root language which is extremely suited for its role because for the most part, it retains the relationship between root and branch. What this means is that everything in the lower world is connected to its source and the corresponding higher worlds as a branch is to its root. By using words taken from our physical world, the Torah is actually pointing at the spiritual source of the physical entity in the higher worlds. The language of the Tanakh is the easiest language through which to understand the divine wisdom. It is the most ancient language with which we can express the divine revelation, and by tradition, it is the holy language that Adam spoke. This language has two virtues and one disadvantage. 
Its first virtue is that it is easy to attain a revelation of the divine wisdom through it. Even for those who are just beginning to get attainment in the light of God, they can understand from the Tanakh all they need. Its second virtue is that it, the matters it discusses are made clear in incredible depth, more than in all the other languages. This we can see from the great commentators of the Tanakh. They examine precise words of the Tanakh, even the letters, and thus we're able to receive revelation of the light, and they're able to pass it down to us. We looked at this recently in one of our recent podcasts, when we looked at the verse, and Israel encamped by the mountain. By examining the particular usage of the word encamped, the commentators were able to deduce the whole state of the people, that they encamped at Mount Sinai with one heart and one mind. But the language of the Tanakh has a drawback. And the drawback is it's impossible to use it for individual elements. Just one example. We're told that on the 15th day of the seventh month, we should take the fruit of goodly trees, branches of palm trees, boughs of thick trees, and willows of the book. It needs the oral law, the halakha, to teach us that what we're talking about here is the lull of an etrog, and we take it on Sukkot. The language of prayer and blessings is similarly taken from the language of the Tanakh and is a vehicle for divine revelation. This sentence, for me, was remarkable. Saying a bracha, or the morning prayers, now became an instant in which I can relate to the words, the actual words, as vehicles of divine revelation. Even if I don't yet experience it as a feeling of joy, I can assume that that's just because my vessels aren't yet clean enough. But knowing the potential inherent within the prayers and the blessings gives me hope. The language used by the Halakha is derived from that of the Tanakh. It deals with the establishment of the divine revelation in the physical world. Unlike the Tanakh, it's greatly expanded for every particular element and shows the spiritual root of every particular very precisely. It's important for us to know this. We often find that details of the Halakha seem to be to us rather obsessive. But when we understand this, we can actually see that they are precise vehicles for the spiritual light. The Agadah. This is the language of parables and folk tales found in the Talmud and the collections of the Midrash. On the surface, it's easy to understand, but you can't use it to attain a complete understanding of the wisdom because it doesn't relate at all to the relationships of branches in this world to their spiritual root. It doesn't look at the connections of matters in this world with the worlds above. But in the consciousness of a particular level, it is very rich in illustrating relationships which are difficult to express in other ways. And now we come to the language of the Kabbalah. This is a real language in the fullest sense of the word. It is extremely accurate, both in connecting root and branch and in cause and effect. It has the special virtue that it is possible to discuss individual particulars, even to the smallest one, without any limit. One can also get straight to the element one wants without needing to discuss what came before it or what follows after it.
It, however, has a disadvantage, and that is, it is difficult to understand. Indeed, it's almost impossible to attain this language unless one were to learn it from a Kabbalist or from a sage who understands it from his own connection with God. Even one who understands all the spiritual stages, both those that came from above to below and those proceeding from the created being upwards, do not understand anything of this language unless he learns it from one who himself received it from his sage face to face. One should not consider that these languages, all of which are vehicles for the revelation of the divine, developed one after another in chronological order. All of them were revealed together by the sages of the wisdom. Each one contains elements of the others. And indeed, in the Tanakh we find the language of the Kabbalah, for example, the Marseille Merkavah of Isaiah and of Ezekiel, and to some extent, the language of Kabbalah can be felt in every single verse of the Tanakh. The whole book of the Song of Songs is entirely Kabbalah. The language of the Kabbalah remained hidden because of the difficulty in understanding it and the need for its explanation of the words which make it up. Even so, for the most part, even those who understood it weren't able to use it because often they were the only ones in their generation who knew it and had nobody with whom to converse with. And so the first person to elucidate it fully was the Ari, the great Kabbalist who lived in Sfat in the 15th century. He elucidated the language of the Kabbalah in his great teaching, the Eitz Chaim. But it was left to Rabbi Ashlag, known as the living Ari, to apply the processes the Ari elucidated to the Zohar and to his own work and enable us today to learn the language and therefore have access to this great wisdom. Today, the language of the Kabbalah is coming back to life. Through the godly light of Rabbi Ashlag, we have again access to this language, which shows us the ways in which the divine light interacts with the vessel and comes down to us in this world. It also shows us how we ourselves may form the appropriate vessels to receive this light. We are not talking of vague sentiments, but of precise actions, words, thoughts and feelings, which can provide the appropriate vessels for the light of God. May all beings benefit from this light, but I especially want to dedicate this podcast to Li'iloi Neshamot HaTohorot V'Hagdoshot, Shiliakov Naftali Ben Rachel Dvora, Gilad Michael Ben Bat Galim, and Ayal Ben Iris Tushua, Shalchul Olamam Al Kiddush Hashem. This audio recording is brought to you from Nahorah School, established by Yadida Cohen for the study of the Kabbalah as taught by Rabbi Hudelev Ashlag. Studies with Yadida Cohen are available through the Nahorah School online. Details at www.nahorahschool.com or www.nahorahpress.com.